Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. And uh, thank you for taking time to join us for a study of the Word of God. We are handling the book of Matthew and we've done six chapters and today we want to continue with chapter 7 of this book. And uh, chapter 7 starts by telling us statement we often want to say, do not judge so that you will not be judged. It is a message or a scripture or a word that comes from Jesus himself telling his followers, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Jesus is coming out to talk about an issue that is key. What is judging? Yeah, If we move by title, a judge is the person in a court of law who decides how the law should be applied and he decides how a criminal should be punished. Yeah, And that does not differ much with what we may put in the context of judging others. And Jesus is here saying, do not be the one who is always placing the limitations or the punishments or what somebody has to go through because of what they did. Yeah? Or coming out to pick out each and everything about that person. Why? He adds in verse 3, why, would, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? That's the reason. That's actually the, the one of the major reasons why you should not come out to judge other people. Because by the time you're judging somebody else and crucifying them for something that they've done, you yourself, they are things you've done. And in this case, when he's saying that why do you look at the speck, yet you do not notice the log, for you the issue that you have is even bigger. The problems that you have are even bigger. The the issues that would require judgment that you have are a lot more than the other person that you're sending out judgment to. That's what he's talking about here, that you look at the speck, that what would be in that person's life that you're judging could be something small that is easy to deal with or possible to deal with because we all struggle. That's a fact of life. And it's by the grace of God that we are able to achieve and overcome yeah, It's by the grace of God that we are able to pass by temptations. It's by the grace of God that we are able to go out and fight and win. And now, I'll look at that speck in somebody's eye. And I forget that in mine there is a log. I have a lot more to deal with than the person I'm judging. Yeah, Than the person I'm passing judgment over. But he tells us 
that in the way that you judge, you'll also be judged. There are always records. Yeah, you always reap that which you sow. Yeah, if you sow judgment, you reap judgment. And he even makes it clear, but by the standard of measure, it will be measured to you. If it was harsh and you did it harshly in your judgment, so will yours be harsh. And uh, he goes on and says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. Because when you have a log in your eye, there is no way you can even see that speck. There is no way you can even remove that speck because you, your visibility is not clear. So if I'm battling with sin, if I'm battling with a habit, if I'm battling with something in my life, unrighteousness, there is no way that I can be able to see clearly to remove that from another person's life or to mention that in another person's life. Yeah? And... He says, you hypocrite. He regards you as a hypocrite. If you go out to judge people, yet you have your own problems that you fail to deal with and you're out there judging people, he calls you a hypocrite. Yeah? He says, you hypocrite. That is the word he uses. When you are doing things that you should not be doing, in this case, specifically judgment, he calls you a hypocrite, yeah? You mean that the he goes out and, and makes it clear to us and says, first take the log out of your eye and then you clearly see to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. If you have not dealt with your own sin, there's no way you're going to claim that you're going to deal with that in, the, in your brother's life. If you've not dealt with your own struggles, it's going to be very hard for you to come out and judge. And this is a thing. The scripture here, and I know it's a big debate that we have about judging others. You cannot come out and to, to judge me. You cannot come out to speak that about me. You, what is the right you have? You know, we, we say all those words. And what's the right you have to come out and speak about me in, in such a manner? Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 is a scripture that tries to answer that question, specifically in the circle of believers. And it says, First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, For what have I to do with judging outsiders. Hmm? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Paul is speaking here and he's bringing another aspect to judging others. And he's saying, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Outsiders is meaning those who are not in the church. Those who are not believers. Yeah, Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge. Yeah, another version. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? What Paul mentions in the scripture is you have the authority or you have the right or you have the mandate to judge those 
within your faith. Hmm? You can come out and speak against evil, speak against acts, speak against habits that are within the church. Within the church. That's, let us be clear there because he is saying those who are outside the church, those who are not Christians, those who might be called Gentiles or unbelievers or outsiders in this case, it is for God to judge. Those are in his uh, docket to deal with. But as far as those who are within the church, you can come out and say, you know what, that habit is not good. You need to stop adultery. You need to stop uh, the fornication that's going on in this house. You need to stop the homosexuality. Within the church, those God has given you the right, as far as Paul is telling us in 1 Corinthians 5.12. That is what he is talking about. But then, in that context in which Paul is giving you the authority to speak and judge, remember this, that how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold the log is in your own eye. Even those of us who are in the church circles and we can talk about the evil and talk about all the, the wrong things that are happening within there that we are moving in the context of Paul that you've got the right to judge. Still, this speck and log principle does apply. That are you standing straight are you in the right position to come out and judge others in the church? Because if you yourself find that there's a log in your own eye, how are you going to deal with the speck of the brothers in the church? And uh, I think that's where it gets hard. Because we all fall. We all sin. We are all not righteous. At one point in, in time, you are not moving well. And that's where I think it just all gets back to the first uh, verse of this chapter 7, that do not judge so that you not be judged. Because clearly, eventually, we all have issues. We all have something that we are dealing with. So it's better that you don't judge, unless you're sure that you've removed that log. Because it's possible to get the log out. Then you can come out and talk about the speck in your brother's eye. And this uh, <laughs> is a very, very strong subject when it comes to Christians today, that uh, when somebody has done something or is doing something and they're trying to talk to you about it, the first word you say, do not judge. Do not judge. But Paul does give the context in which it's allowed to judge. If it's within the church, confines, do so. But also Jesus comes out and says, for you who is in the church, confine that you want, out to, you want to go out and judge others. First consider the fact that you yourself have your life in order before you get out to talk about the others. Verse 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, and do not throw your pals before swine, or they will trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Sometimes we have good intentions. Sometimes we have very good intentions and you wish the best and what you're doing is for the good. And you're getting that which is precious because it's that which is holy. And you're throwing it out. And you're giving it out. And you're speaking 
to people and you're, you're offering it to people genuinely, honestly. Yet those you're offering it to are regarded to here as dogs, as swine. People who do not regard well. Yeah, and all they have to do is to destroy that which is good. And eventually they come and tell you to pieces. So Jesus here, in coming out to speak, is very particular. Yeah, do not give that which is holy. That which is holy. Yeah, of course, in, in much of the context here was with the Gentiles. And uh, there, there are several areas or issues where they talk about this um, Gentile extension of grace. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus himself answers and says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yeah, There is this woman who had come to Jesus. Yeah, And uh, she, she asks for help from the Lord. And Jesus gives her this response. Yeah, this was a woman. She was a Canaanite. She had come, and uh, her her daughter was demon possessed. And she comes. She's heard about Jesus. She wants help. Yeah, she wants help. She wants help from Jesus. And G- the, of course, the d- disciples were the scene that was happening at that point. She was shouting. She needed help from Jesus. She was desperate. Yeah. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she tells him, help me. So the context here is, I am only here to help those of the house of Israel. And he says, it is not good to take the children's bread. It's not good to take that which belongs to those of the house of Israel. And I throw it to the dogs, the Canaanites, or the Gentiles being regarded as the dogs in this case. But uh, this woman had a good response by saying, even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall on their master's table. And Jesus comes and says, you you woman, hmm? your faith is great and it shall be done as you wish. And immediately the daughter was healed. So when Jesus is talking about this, in this case, that do not give what is holy to dogs, he's partly in relation to that uh, scenario. Yeah. That there are some things, there are some promises that you need to keep. Yeah. And all good news cannot be received well by others. The good news of Christ, the good news of the kingdom of God, will not be received well by everybody. Because they will, you give it to them, and they will trample it and come back and tear it to pieces. And that's what happens. Because you go out and spread the gospel to the Romans as the disciples later on after Jesus died. It's a good thing. It's the right thing to do. And it's a commission that he gave to us. But eventually they come out to destroy you. And just even getting aside from it being the gospel, good news in your life. The things that God blesses you with. There are moments where God has prospered you in one way or another. The things you're trying to do in your life. The visions that you have. And... Those visions are good and they are godly and they are for your progress and they are holy and they are righteous. There's nothing evil with them. But when you share them with other people, they trample them. They speak negative about it. They want, they don't wish the best for you. 
and they come back to tear you down. They say, okay, that dream, that vision you have, we shall kill it. Or you want to build. Oh, that's great. That's what they will tell you. Oh, you want to build your own house. That's great. But it's a vision you're sharing. It's a dream you're sharing. It's something that you treasure. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like pals to you. You treasure that which you want to do. But then they're not taking it well. They will do everything they can to destroy you. They will do everything they can to make sure that you do not accomplish that. So it's caution also to know when to share and who to share with. Because if you're sharing it with dogs, with swine, you're throwing your pals there and they will trample over that vision that you have. They will trample over that good message that you have. And the time they, it gets back to you, you've lost interest in it. You don't want anything to do with it. So it's caution to learn who to share with, who to talk to about something. Yeah, And it goes on in verse 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. This we say a lot. This we quote a lot. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Ask is expression of something that you desire. Yeah? Seek indicates that this desire may not be within reach. Yeah? But you can make or and you you can get out and have effort that you make to get what you want. Yeah? Then to knock is the emphasis. Yeah? With knocking there's emphasis and it is the emphasis on somebody asking and being in insistent with God and you're insisting that the door must be opened. Yeah? And sometimes we ask and it's a desire. It's the express, expression of interest that we have. And other times we seek because we cannot find it. Yeah? You, you're making all efforts. It's out of reach. And then those who are insistent, they knock. They knock. They knock on the door and say, I want to come in. And that's what we need to do when it comes to the things of God. And here he's saying, if you do these things, you will achieve. You'll get response. I don't know what you've asked for from God. I don't know what you're seeking from God. I don't know what, which door you've knocked on. But there's a promise of God that that door will be opened out to you. For everybody who asks, receives. Yeah? For everybody who has that desire, they receive. And please note, what is your desire? Is it for your earthly uh, achievement or interest? Or you want to um, get it for your own evil desire? That is also important to know because sometimes we ask wrongly and we do not receive. Because we ask wrongly. But he gives a promise for everybody who asks, receives. If you ask from the Lord, you will receive from the Lord. If you're asking good things from the Lord, you will receive from the Lord. If you're asking according to the will of the Lord, you will receive from the Lord. And he says, he who seeks, finds. Sometimes there's something specific and 
you're, you're trying to find it. You're trying to find it. You're trying to seek in depth the issues of God. You're trying to seek in depth about an, uh, a concern. And the promise here from Jesus is, he who seeks finds. There's nothing that you, you're seeking that you will not find. If you're seeking righteousness specifically, that's what we looked at uh, earlier on. That seek ye first the kingdom of God and Israel. Those who seek the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness find it. They find it. If you're seeking righteousness, you will find it. Because you're seeking a good thing. You're seeking that which is righteous. You will indeed find it. He who seeks finds. The first thing that God tells us to seek, before we seek wealth, before we seek treasures, before we seek prosperity, before we seek good health, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So what is the first thing to seek for? As in verse 8, if you seek, you find. Let me seek the kingdom of God. I found it. Let me seek the righteousness. I find it. Let me seek to do good to others. I'll find it. Let me seek to give. Let me seek those who are out there to give to. Let me seek uh, the acts of righteousness that we've talked about, and you will find them. And he says, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. That is great. Because when the door is opened, you're entering. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. And that is now the deeper part of it. Yeah? When you enter into the confines of God, when you enter into that place of God, into his resting place, into his home, I take that in imagery, that you open the door and they say, come in. You knocked, we've opened, you come in. You can sit anywhere you want and you can enjoy the, the place, you can enjoy the home, you can enjoy the comfort and that's the promise that Jesus gives to us that if you knock, the door will be open. And if it's open, you will enjoy the miracles, the blessing, the, the love that comes from the Father, the peace that comes with the Father, the all, all blessing that comes with it within the house when you've entered will be there for you. All what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf, he will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? He's asking. Yeah? So he's saying, you see, just you, you earthly ones, you created beings, when your son asks you for bread, you don't give him a stone. When he asks you for fish, you don't give him a snake. If you then, and he adds in verse 11, being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? Hmm? If you know how to give good gifts, if you know how to uh, plan, we give uh, gifts at the end of the year, Christmas season and all that, and you pack a wonderful gift for your child, and you give it to them. Birthdays. You prepare a gift and give it to your, your friend. Or whoever it is that is celebrating the birthday. Yeah? You give gifts 
People give all sorts of gifts. Some give cars, others give houses, others give phones, the latest of them all. If you, Jesus here even adds, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? How about those who are not even evil? Yeah? And they have a Father who is good. When they ask from him, will he not give? God will give you that car. And his gifts are even much greater. He can give you that house. He can give you that land that you've been hoping for. All you need to do, as far as the scripture tells us, is to ask. Ask and it shall be given. Ask from God. What have you been longing for? And it's possible that sometimes we, there are things we want and we don't ask. We just have it in our minds. And say, okay, God knows my thoughts. God, you know my thoughts. You know what's in there. I want a new job this year. You know it, it's in there. Yes, God knows, but he also tells you to ask. Go on and ask for that job. Go on, get in that prayer room of yours and, and close that door and tell him, God, I need a new job this year. He knows that you need it, but also he's waiting that you ask. So he's saying, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Let us make it a point to ask. Sometimes we are not receiving because we are not asking. Let us make it a point to ask from God. Ask from God that which you need. And as we conclude today, in verse 12, he says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Treat people in the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Of course, when he ends with that, this is the law and the prophets, he is implying that I have not come to remove that. It's a fact. It will remain. The law shall remain. And he also says, which is much more outstanding in this scripture, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Treat people well because eventually we all want be, to be treated well. So, in that case, treat others well. If you don't want to be lied to, don't lie to others. Because when you lie to others, it implies you also would want to be lied to. But we all don't want to be lied to. Then why should we lie to others? You don't want to cheat to be cheated. So why do you cheat? Because in the way that you want others to treat you, you also treat others. Principle, you reap what you sow. If you treat others badly, then they will treat you the same way. And Jesus here makes it clear for us to understand that in everything that you're going to do, first look into it and say, would I be happy if they treated me in that way? Okay, I'm going to speak this to somebody. But will I be happy if somebody else spoke that to me? If somebody spoke to me in that manner that I'm going to speak to that person? If then you're not, then don't do it. Jesus always wants us 
to be the best. And we indeed can come out and stand out and be the best. You can be the best person out there. It's just an effort that you need to make. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for you help us understand and study. We thank you for the revelation that you give us and you bring to us, mighty God. We pray that you help us to be the Christians that you want us to be. We pray that you help us to stand out and do that which honors you and gives glory to you. We exhort you and give you glory and honor. In just my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.